0: Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley.
1: Glad you're here with us for the Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, another hour of power on the way. Uh, Great guest coming up in just a few minutes. Jamie Bradford of the chief sports app. If you don't have it, we encourage you to download it. You can find this and the other of your favorite team sports shows right there. We'll talk with Jamie. Um, He is uh, the president CEO of uh, the chief sports marketing, and we'll get into a little bit of that. Also we'll talk uh, Mark Passwater joins us here in just a moment, but also want to make sure we tell you that Lindsay dark Angelo, uh, the great sports writer uh, rejoins us once again on the show to talk uh, women's basketball, obviously Kate, Caitlin Clark is a big story, but also uh, we'll get into some SEC talk as well.
2: Producer Tony stepping in for the guys who had to step away for just a second here on the Texas A&M Sports Spectacular. We are happy to have Mark Passwater with us, uh, joining us once again. And Mark, remind everybody where you're from. I am the publisher of Aggiel.com. Great. And uh, Texas A&M looking right now, 12 and 8. Big game coming up this weekend against Florida. Kind of you're both in that same area in the SEC, looking to maneuver for the tournament, see where things stand. What's the game plan going into Saturday? Uh, Play offense. Play coherent, consistent, decent offense. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, They have struggled offensively. They don't shoot well. I mean, point play, they don't shoot well. They are one of the worst teams in the nation shooting threes, and they still shoot a lot of threes. Um, They struggle finding a third scorer to go with Wade Taylor and Boots Radford. And there are times they just struggle to to put together any semblance of a coherent offense. You know, they'll run the the shot clock down because either Radford or Taylor has the ball and they're just dribbling like crazy, and, you know, nobody else is getting open. They just kind of stand around. And uh, you know it's it's frustrating to watch, and it's cost them games. It cost them the old Miss game uh, on Saturday. I think that this team could easily have 16 wins. Uh, you know they've lost a lot of games that were very close, but they just don't play well offensively. They play hounding defense on a lot of teams that keeps them in the ball game. Can they turn over Florida enough to lead to some easy baskets in transition? kind of maybe get out and run, take a little bit of pressure off that outside shooting? Well, I think it depends on what team Florida, what Florida team shows up. Uh, you know, they've had games where they've looked really good and been consistent offensively, and they've had games where they turn the ball over a lot. So I think A&M will definitely try to pressure them. Um, you know, if they can get some easy baskets in transition, they'll be very happy with that. And I think that uh, you'll probably see them attack the basket in general a little bit more because that's where they're going to make, uh, make their, hay. they've got to get in the lane. They've got to either get the easy baskets or get fouled and get to the line. Um, If they do that, that's when they're at their best because, you know, as terrible as they are shooting the three, they're the best team in the country offensive in terms of offensive rebounding. So they can get the ball and they get it close to the basket. You know, they have the ability to, to knock around, get the ball, reset and steal some possessions. Hayden Hefner, Chase Carter, they've really kind of struggled from three-point. Uh, Jace is shooting only 20%. Hayden's shooting 32%, but hasn't quite been on lately. How can they revolve that offense when those guys are in the game to take that pressure, like you said, off of Radford and Taylor if, if they play a small-ball lineup? Right. Well, you know, you say Hefner has been struggling lately. Lately qualifies as the entire conference schedule. He is three for 23 from beyond the arc in conference play. That's just pitiful. Um, and you can tell he's struggling with his shot. But there's one thing that Carter can do that he has done the last couple games that Hefner can't, and that's he has the ability to drive to the basket. Uh, it, it's very frustrating when he just sits out there on the wing and jacks up threes because he does have the ability to get in there. and. uh you know make some plays he had 12 rebounds the other night. Uh so I think five of them were offensive. So it wasn't like he was just sitting out there on the perimeter. He has the ability to take it to the rack and he needs to do that more often because certainly if he can do that then you're opening things up, you know, where they have to collapse the defense that gives Radford more opportunities, gives Taylor more opportunities and it may get Henry Coleman going again. You know, you're talking about a big guy who was outstanding scoring the basketball in non-conference play. But he's been banged up, uh, you know, recently. But when he's on his game and he's healthy, he can be a real contributor, especially if he's facing up and going straight to the basket. Is it tougher for him being that there isn't a lot of size a lot of times out there on the floor for A&M, being that only guy in the middle kind of doing that bruising, pounding inside work? to get tougher for him in those small ball chances? Uh, yeah, I think it it does. I, you know, it's part of the problem that they have. Like you said, is they're not real big. Uh, Coleman six nine, uh, Wilden Slavek is six ten, and he's he's the center, but he doesn't contribute a whole lot offensively. Losing Julius Marble was a big hurt hit for them. Uh, you know, you're talking about a physical guy who could get down there and and bang in the low post, take some of the pressure off of Coleman, um, but. Uh, You know, Anderson Garcia is one of, if not the best rebounders in the country, but he's only 6'7". Solomon Washington is a guy I love for his defense and his effort, but he's 6'7". So you're talking about a team who, you know, when you're going up against guys that are 6'11", foot, you know, they're going to have to rely on Coleman and he's going to have to basically just go downhill at them. But still, if they're sitting in the low post, it's going to be tough for him because they're going to look to block his shot. Well, if you look down the schedule now, as we you know turn the clock into February, it, it gets to be crunch time as you trying to set that stage for getting ready for March Madness. The schedule is pretty tough the rest of the way for Texas A&M. You've got Tennessee coming up twice. You've got Alabama still to go. You've still got to go to Georgia. You got to play Florida this weekend. What does this team has got? I think I'm looking at the schedule about 10 games left. What do you think they have to go those last 10 games to really kind of help solidify maybe a spot inside the NCAA tournament? Uh, let's see. They're sitting at 12 wins right now. Uh, I would say that you've got to get to 20 or 21 to get in, uh, but that counts the tournament, uh, the conference tournament, too. So they better turn it on. They need to probably go something like seven and three. Yeah. And playing Tennessee twice down that stretcher that's that's a tough road that you know the vols are playing good basketball right now the whole SEC is a struggle if you don't bring that a game each night anything can happen right uh you know Tennessee is a team that they did beat last year um really really good game uh they beat Alabama last year uh you know they had the ability to beat these guys you know clearly they took out Kentucky Uh, They they've beaten, you know, they, they gave Auburn a good game when Auburn was really hot. Uh, They've given Houston a really good game. Uh, You know, frankly, games they should have won. So if they shoot, they can beat anybody. Problem is they just don't, they're terribly inconsistent and there's more bad games than good. And when they have a bad game, they've got to adjust and they just have a real problem doing that. You know, when they get behind six, seven, eight points, all of a sudden they start jacking up threes. And it's just a terrible, terrible idea when they should just keep on attacking with, with Bradford and with Taylor and, and Carter and Coleman and guys like that. Just keep going to the rack, see if he can get fouled, see if he can get to the line, because that's where the last couple of years, these teams uh, for A&M have had their success. So if we're watching the game Saturday and we're seeing on the stat sheet, that a taking more twos than threes. That's probably a better sign for them that they're getting the ball inside doing what they need to do. Absolutely. I mean, you want them, uh, you know, going to the basket. You want Boots Radford driving the way he does, you know, right from the top of the key and laying it in with his left hand. You want, uh, the only guy that you really want jacking up a lot of threes is probably Taylor because he can hit them. But outside of that, you know, I, I want Chase Carter going to the basket. Uh, you know, if if he gets a shot blocked or if he misses, then you're probably going to have Garcia or Washington there to, to rebound. You know, I certainly want Coleman driving downhill, get him fouled. You know, I don't want them – I don't want to see them getting late in the shot clock, you know, four five seconds and jacking up a three. We're keeping an eye. We'll keep an eye on that X A – team coming down the stretcher hopefully they go eight and two set the stage you know get mm-hmm. into the sec conference tournament and make a little noise and make sure they punch that ticket to the dance let's turn it over to the football side now because mm-hmm. you know there, there is no rest for football season these days football is a 12-month sport now right mm-hmm. basically the portal's kind of slowed down a little bit a still working on anything in the portal trying to bring in anybody else now that mike elko's kind of solidifying things down there at AM. Uh, I don't think so, but you know there there are a few reasons for that. One, I think they want to see what happens with Michigan, you know, see if anybody of interest goes in the the portal there. Uh, two, uh, they want to see what happens in spring ball because they've got the vast majority of the the guys that they had transfer in there. They also have, I believe, ten of their sixteen signees are going to be there, so they're adding thirty two players. Uh, you know, this spring. So they got to go through that. They got to see what they got. And they're already at 84 scholarships. So, you know, they're they're, they're pretty close. You know, some of those guys will probably leave after the spring or, you know, they'll get hurt or told, you know, you might want to check somewhere else. But, you know, you still got to go through that evaluation. So getting those 32 guys in, Elko will have an opportunity to see what they can do. And then they can kind of evaluate what they need and I I think honestly what they need right now is probably another defensive tackle Uh, outside of that they've done a great job filling their needs. Were you surprised when Saban left and dropped the bombshell that he was calling it a career and leaving when you saw the amount of Alabama players leave and go into that portal was that a shock to anybody down in College Station was that a shock to those of you that cover the SEC or did people kind of expect that once he was gone? Well, I think that you're looking at an extraordinary situation. You know, a lot of guys that committed to Alabama did not commit to Alabama. They committed to Nick Saban. And when Saban leaves, then all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like when when Rocky landed the first big punch on Drago. He's cut. He's human. You know, all of a sudden, Alabama is mortal. Because even though I have a lot of respect for Kalen DeBoer, I would have loved it. If A&M had, you know, been able to, to hire him and that's no slap at Mike Elko because he's done a fantastic job, but DeBoer is just a, you know, he's done a fantastic job everywhere he's been. Um, you know, with all due respect to him, he's not Nick Saban because nobody is Nick Saban. Right. Nobody has that track record. Nobody has developed more talent. Nobody's put more guys in the league. Uh, you know, so it was, it, it's an extraordinary situation there. Very few guys were leaving Alabama because they want to play for Nick Saban, because they knew the process works. All of a sudden he leaves. You know, wh- what's the difference between Alabama and everybody else? So, no, I'm not uh, – you know, I, I was not surprised that people bailed out. I think I was probably more surprised that people were leaving in droves at Georgia because, you know – why would you leave there? I mean, you've lost one game in three years. The staff has been constant. They recruit lights out. You know, Kirby has done a great job, you know, getting them to that Alabama level. And, you know, 32 guys leave? You know, hey, what's your problem? Stick around. Have some fun. So from your standpoint, now you've been around the Texas A&M program a lot. You know that history. You know it well. What's the excitement level going to be like when you get to play Texas again in a conference game down there in the SEC, it, you know, that's a great rivalry that we're going to get back. The, the one thing mm-hmm. that, you know, this latest round brought was you two guys back together again, A&M in Texas. It should be pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, there has been an element of, you know, people that have missed that game for the last 12 years. There's also been an element of Aggies to like, screw those guys. We don't care. You know, we got better things to do with our time. We've got LSU. We got Alabama. Well, now Texas has shown up and those same screw those guys uh, crowd are saying, screw those guys again, because now they're, they're following A&M's lead there in the SEC. So now everybody's angry. Everybody hates them again. You know, it, it's gone from, you know, I think a lot of those people who are saying we don't care about Texas, forget it. We're lying. They were lying their butts off, you know, they, they never stopped looking. They never stopped hating them, uh, you know. So now it's just cool to be able to say, I hate those guys again. So, you know, it, it's it's the, the the hatred's already ramped back up. The uh, the anger and, and disdain for the two sides is already ramped back up. And when they get back together on November 30th, you know, all will be right with the world again. Well, Mark, thank you so much for the insight. Thanks for taking time out to join us here today. Great stuff. Looking forward to see what the Aggies do Saturday against Florida. And like I said, get that train rolling, get it ready for the SEC tournament, and let's see what happens because the fun really starts when we get to March. Absolutely, and shoot the ball. Shoot the ball better, Mark. Thank you very much, no guys. Problem. Stay with us. The uh, Texas A&M Sports Spectacular will be back. After a quick break, down the road, we're going to talk a little women's college basketball and all the things that are going on on that side of the court. Stay with us.
3: That's 800-613-8053.
0: They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com.
1: we mentioned uh, earlier in the show a really big announcement that something happened here a a few months ago and uh, after the holidays we got a chance to kind of spend some time talking about it Um, this show is now on the chief sports app Um, just a fantastic app free download and you can find your favorite sports teams on there um, our show included hey jamie bradford is uh, one of the brains behind this um, I'm going to brag on just a little bit. Uh, he's not only the host of inside the Gamecocks, uh, but also he's co-owner of Cheat sports, Good to have him here with us, Jeb. The Chief Sports Network, Chief Sports App. Uh, Jamie, first off, congratulations! Earlier this week, the big win in Columbia over UK. Uh, what a job Lamont Paris is doing. That's pretty cool. Um, we'll give you a moment. You, I know you want to talk about that. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. You got to. You got to. Got to spend a few seconds bragging about your Gamecocks.
5: It was a. It was a good night for South Carolina, no doubt about it. And um, and we've got a couple of days where we'll be able to. You know, look, look through this thing. And I think we, we might actually talk to Coach Paris tomorrow uh, on Thursday on, on our show. And we're going to speak with with Pat Bradley from the SEC Network today and all those type. It's a big it's a big deal for Gamecock basketball. Uh, they're they're on the national scene now. They they felt like they deserve to be there to this point. They, they've they had a, a great run so far and, uh, you know, early on in the year but they they were missing a signature win and I was talking to Mike Morgan about this just a couple of days ago I said you know what does it mean to, to have a signature win versus to have a nice resume you don't have to have a signature win but but it's good to have one well they got it last night there's no doubt and they didn't sneak up on Kentucky you know they they just flat out beat them and it was a, it was a great night for the Gamecocks and um but you know they've played six games yeah they You you play a bunch of games in the SEC, so um, they've got 12 more to
1: go, and hopefully they can keep going. Yeah, Lamont Perry's doing a great job uh, down there. We saw what he did at at Chattanooga and uh, doing the same thing in Columbia. Um, Well, listen, uh, the Chief Sports Network, the Chief Sports app, tell us a little bit more about that um, and kind of how this came to be.
5: Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're kind of a band of misfits is what we call ourselves. Um, you know, I, we feel like we've, we've got some talent. Um, you know, I've known Mike Morgan for a long time. He, he was, uh, Mike is one of my partners, JC Sherbert, owner of the big com, who was, uh, one of the guys that, that helped Shannon Terry, uh, get, get things going with, with rivals years ago and, and help get things going with 24 seven sports. And, um and so you know JC had his time in radio for a long time and and some folks thought that you know they wanted to make some changes and and which was fine so he went a separate direction uh Mike used to be the voice of GameCop basketball and baseball and uh and then that ended in 2009 and of course Mike is on the national scene now calling games on ESPN and the SEC network and the NFL with Westwood One and and all kinds of things and, uh, and I've been in radio for a long time. And, and a few years ago, um, my time came to an end there, you know, unfortunately. And, and that's the business. You know, things happen. They, they make all these crazy decisions, regardless of talent and all that stuff. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I kind of had this idea. Well, why can't we build a digital app and, um, and build a digital network? to where people can, can all, you know, you're always in our market. You don't have to be in this location or that location to turn the dial, the dial on to get what you want. And so, you know, we kind of started brainstorming how we could do some things. And, uh, and it's a, it's a twofold operation. We're, we're trying to build, you know, an in-state network where it gives you all day sports, you know, stuff from in the morning until at night, um, that is live on the air. And then uh, we also wanted to branch out and get quality programming from across the country that is live and pre recorded and be able to dive into other networks, but all in one button in one device. And that device is your device, you know, whether it's a phone or a tablet or whatever it is. So we've been working hard on it. Um, the growth has been. I think even faster than we than we thought it would be we we've wanted to kind of take our time and make sure we're getting in and doing the right things and stuff like that, but we've had a lot of interest and um and our personal programming has gone from four to five thousand people a day uh to our numbers at the end of December or over thirty thousand a day so um we we've just um we we've we feel like we've done a nice job, but you know we gotta keep going and we got good people involved and we're excited about it.
1: Yeah, it is. Once again, it is the chief sports app. It's a free download. It's really easy. And man, there are some great programming. If you scroll through there, uh, there's a good chance again. I mean, well, you know, we're on there. So uh, we know already (laughs) this, that it's one of your favorite teams, but it's a great way as well to catch up with some other teams. some great SEC stuff on there, South Carolina Gamecocks and uh, so many others. Hey, listen, we are catching Jamie in between some of his shows. We're going to let him go. But Jamie, we appreciate your time uh, spending a few minutes with us. And definitely, let's uh, take some time to come back again later and uh, talk a little more as we get the uh, NCAA tournament. It'll be fun to talk to you about that as well.
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I, you know, before, before I go, I want to make sure as long as, as long as I've got a minute, you know, hey, yeah. I, I want to make sure that I thank you all because, you know, you you do a, a tremendous job and we're we're honored to to be working with you and getting to know you and and um, and all of your your listeners and the folks in your audience. I hope that they understand that we get from from South Carolina. Mike's in in Atlanta, actually. JC's believe it or not, up in Chicago. I'm down here in South Carolina, but um, we see it from our seat. What y'all do, y'all do a tremendous job, and uh, we certainly would not have you know wanted to to talk about doing things with you if we didn't think that y'all are really good at what you do. And, um and we're really excited to grow with you in the years to come. And, and if we can ever do anything to help you, you know, just to give us a call, even if I tell you, I'm going to be there. And then five minutes later, I'm not there <laughs> like today. Uh, I will answer. I promise you uh, because uh, sometimes things get crazy, but I want to make sure I said that, you know, we I obviously check in and see what's going on in our own app sure. um, and um, and get a chance to listen to y'all. And you do a phenomenal job. And and we're really happy to have the opportunity to be partners.
1: Well, and uh, and likewise, we're excited about it. Um, We want to make sure we spend some time and let everyone know, again, what you're doing, Um, because as we grow, you grow and vice versa. And uh, so we're excited about 2024 and continue to grow together. And yeah. uh, likewise, we love what you guys do and want to make sure we're with uh, quality people and we know you and i've known mike for a long time obviously he's been on the show before so uh, we appreciate that hey Larry, look, thank you so much man thank you so much man listen have a great show i don't want to keep you Um uh, but again we appreciate it again uh jamie bradford once again the chief sports app be sure to go download it right now you um will not be disappointed jamie thanks so much we'll talk to you soon okay larry thank you all right take care much more to come out to this stay here with us How would you like to get a free $100 prepaid MasterCard, and save money on your television bill? Then call right now, make the switch to Dish TV. For a limited time, we're offering a two-year price guarantee, that's important, for those of you on a fixed budget, to know your prices won't go up for two years. Plus, you have hundreds of channels, lots of live news and sports, movies, and more. And when you call right now, you can also ask about our discounts for seniors and those of you in the military. So, make the switch to Dish right now, pick up the phone and call, enjoy your television like you are meant to. And when you sign up today, we'll also give you a $100 free prepaid MasterCard. Call right now. Ask about our senior discount, our military discount, and your free $100 prepaid MasterCard.
3: 800-706-7063. 706 7063 800-706-7063. That's 800-706-7063. Paid for by NPS. Switch to Dish TV today for your free prepaid MasterCard.
4: family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right
3: now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414.
6: You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. Producer Tony Cordero stepping in for the guys who are Away from their microphones for a little bit here, and we are joined today by Lindsay Darkangelo. We're going to talk everything college basketball. Lindsay is a writer and an author. She's written a book on women's sports. She's been covering the women's basketball scene for a number of years. Very knowledgeable. She's got great insight. Lindsay, welcome to the program.
6: Thanks for having me.
2: So, Lindsay, I want to start with this. It should be an exciting week. Caitlin Clark becoming the women's number two scorer in history. What does that mean for the game? And what has she meant for the rise in popularity of women's college basketball?
6: I think right off the bat, right off the top of my head, not even talking about her, her talent and um, just her abilities on the court, but what she attracts as far as fan engagement, and that's on social media, but that's also live in attendance you see it in games that she's gone where iowa has gone to other schools in other cities and the turnout has just been amazing um you know i'd be remiss to say she hasn't um impacted viewership numbers uh you know there there are certain players who have who can draw that and she is one of them and and we've seen that kind of across the board for the it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger um since her freshman year. and you know it's at it's at its peak right now, and it's amazing to see. But as far as her abilities on the court, you know i I tweeted out a couple weeks ago uh, where she was, I think, on the list of um all-time scores, and she's gonna break the record. Uh, just there's there's no doubt in my mind that that's gonna happen. You. you you said she's moving she's uh, up. To, what number is she up to now did you say she said you said she'll three?
2: be yeah, she'll be second. We're you know, we're we're taking this a little in advance, but they play tonight and yes. you, know, you know she's getting at least 13 points. So
6: oh yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, she's gonna break that record. And the the mind-boggling part here is where to where will that number be at, at the end of the season, but also if she comes back. Um she's she's gonna separate herself and, and she has the potential to separate herself in an even like huge amount.
2: So we've seen the the last couple of weeks. I was glued to my chair last Saturday night in primetime, watching Notre Dame and Connecticut battle. This week, primetime, we're gonna have Caitlin Clark uh on Fox in primetime. What do those primetime airings show you about the women's game and the strength of its popularity?
6: Well, we've seen this right in just the past week. Um, I believe it was Ohio um uh Iowa, Ohio State, right, was on the Sunday. And that was just like a back-and-forth battle. Huge numbers. That was like the most-watched women's college basketball game since 2010. And the second came later. The second, since, you know, right behind them, came later on Thursday with LSU and South Carolina. And both attracted over a million. I think it was like 1.8 for Ohio State, um, Iowa, and then 1.6. For South Carolina LSU million viewers and I mean in the span of a few days so I mean that's kind of where we're at and it's it's amazing to see that it's happening. you know it's it's just has as somebody who has been in women's sports for a while now and in covering women's basketball in particular to see the growth not just in women's basketball but across the board um it's just so fulfilling because we've been knocking on doors and and, and just screaming into the void for years uh, that this is a product you need to put on pr- in primetime slots. I believe the Sunday game was before, right before the NFL playoffs. So you watch that game, and so towards the end, I'm sure people were tuning in who were getting ready to watch the NFL playoffs and pregame shows and whatnot. That's smart, and that's what they should have been doing all along to help grow the women's game. And it's just finally. The people who make those decisions have realized it after all this time.
2: Talking about growing the women's game, you know, this year as I'm watching the top 25, I'm seeing some new faces in there, especially at the top, the Kansas States, the UCLA, teams like that. What does that bring to the to the women's game? and, And how important is it to get that diversity away from the traditional programs and bring these new programs in as far as the high achieving programs that they've become?
6: Yeah, parity, parity, hands down, and we've seen parity increasing, especially in the last five years. When you have top, top recruits, not just choosing to go to the Tennessee, the Yukon, even South Carolina, which has built itself up. Yes, they're still those programs are still getting um, big name players, but they're also being spread out, right? You have the Kate and Clark who plays for Iowa. Um, you know, NC State, Colorado is having a great year with the players that they have, um, Jalen Sherrod, um, you know, and then it, it's just, it's, it's, it's being, the talent is being spread out more and and we're seeing that we're seeing that in the results, especially with the r- weekly rankings outside of South Carolina at, at number one, you've seen it, you know, p- teams switching spots up and down. Um, Kansas state was, you know, I love what they're doing. They play such great defense and that's, that's um that's kind of been what they're leaning on, and to see them at number two, I could, I did not have that on my radar at the beginning of the season. You mentioned UCLA, definitely thought they were going to have a good year, but Kansas State, especially with um their main player Ioka Lee being out right now with an injury, they've won three in a row without her, and th- that right there is impressive. And now they're sitting at number two. Um, so yeah, you have some of these these programs that that are just leveling up they're leveling up to the talent that was already established and it's great for women's basketball.
2: When you take a look, you know, again, at that top 25, and we saw, you know, South Carolina beats LSU, they're still undefeated. Is that now the pinnacle program in women's college basketball? Have they ascended that throne that UConn had and what's it going to take to beat them down the stretch here and maybe knock them off of that perch?
6: Uh, to answer your first question, yes, and I think they did a couple seasons ago. I mean, UConn has always been kind of UConn, but you know, South Carolina, Don Staley, what she's done there and what she's built uh, is just is amazing. And it, there definitely has been a passing of the torch, if you will. And I do believe South Carolina is now that destination program that UConn was ha- held before. I mean, that's the way it works in sports, right? Things, things shift, uh, after a period of time and also UConn with its injuries. I mean, those have been brutal the past two seasons. They just can't seem to get a full healthy roster. And I think that's impacted in the, in the results, um, on the scoreboard for sure. Um, but yeah, South Carolina is, they're it and, to have a team that lost some impactful players, particularly of Boston last year to the WNBA, and then to come in this year and really not miss a beat, um, their inside game with uh, Camila Cardo- Cardoso is is just as strong, um, and and the players behind her coming off the bench, Don Staley has has always maintained a strong bench, a strong rotation, and it it just that kind of team when you are deep like that can just wear you down but not only that is the talent and the athleticism from from the guards down to the front court um it's watching lsu who has a great front court as well have a hard time contending with them especially down the stretch i believe lsu got worn down um in that game I I don't know what the game plan is other than to like maybe Iowa did in the, in the NCAA tournament last year is play a near perfect game, not even near perfect, a a perfect game against South Carolina to win.
2: As you're watching LSU this year, you know, looking has uh, a a producer, somebody who's watched sports all his life. I'm looking at LSU in the preseason. I'm seeing them build this team with the transfer portal and and again, things, and I thought they would kind of be stronger than they are. What do you think has happened down there that, that you know, they're still having a good year, no doubt about it. But I think most of us felt like LSU would be either one, two or three at this point of the season.
6: Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Where, and this happens across all sports. Right. We see it in the NBA. We see it in the WNBA where you you get. You know, in for that for pro level, it's free agency, right, for colleges, transfers. But you get these really talented players who are the go to player on their own team. And then you put them together and think, wow, this is an incredible roster on paper. Right. But then it takes some time to actually mesh on the court. Um, And I think that was what was happening with LSU in the beginning of the season. Um, it just took some time for them to kind of, and I'm not just talking about basketball wise, but personality wise, there's some big personalities on that team. So in the locker room is, is it's part of the equation as well to get that chemistry going. And it just took them a little while to get it. I do believe they have that, that rhythm now. Um, Anissa Morrow has been just a rock for that team. I think she's been the best player on that team, um, this season so far, um, ahead of Angel Reese, who's who's been picking up her game as well. But the lack we were just talking about South Carolina's bench, the lack of bench depth and rotation for LSU for me is LSU's biggest issue. I think, um, right now, I I think they've got the chemistry piece down. They have figured it out, but, um, yeah, I think their, their lack of rotation is, is, is an issue.
2: How excited are you seeing, there's two freshmen that have seen to me have stood out this season. Mm -hmm. Juju Watkins at USC and Hannah Hidalgo at Notre Dame. How exciting is that to see those freshmen come in and at a young age perform at such a high level?
6: Yeah, I said not too long ago, I don't remember a freshman class. And I'm outside of just Juju Watkins and Hannah Hidalgo is being this ready and this good. This early on in their college careers, Um, you know, there's there's a handful of other freshmen out there that are just having a huge impact on the teams that they're on. These two stand out because they're 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 putting up player of the year numbers and they play like vets. Um, You watch you watch Hannah play um, for Notre Dame at point guard. She wants the ball. She's running towards the ball. She's she wants the ball in her hands. And when the ball is in her hands, good things happen. And as far as Juju goes, it's like no fear, right? She, she she will put up points against any team, any defense. She's she's got the green light, um, and and she's got that confidence. Both of them have that that kind of seasoned confidence that you don't normally see in freshmen. But also, I don't want to. I don't envy who's voting for freshman of the year this year because if you compare their stats side by side, it's 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 wild um i i tweeted this not too long ago i put their stats to, uh, side by side and they just um the the usage percentage is super high their player efficiency rating super high um and what they do statistically points assists field goal percentage i mean these are player of the year numbers and it's you know i could i could just go on and on and how about how impressed with both of their games
2: they've 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 played great and this season is looking like it's going to be a really exciting finish when we get to the day and i think it's coming soon that we have the women's title game and the men's title game in the same place on the same weekend how exciting is that going to be
6: very exciting very exciting and um I don't know if this will happen down the road, but it could be something to think about where you could have, and I don't know logistically how this would happen, but have it be in the same city would be, would be a pretty cool to see if that would ever, you know, was I, the powers that be were ever able to partner it up that way. Um, And just have it be just this week long or weekend long um, basketball Kalooza kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, the growth of women's college basketball again, in just the past few years and where it's at now, it all goes back to the fact, cause I remember back in the day, not too long ago when ESPN did not would rotate games from the later rounds not it wouldn't even play the first, you had to look at your 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 phone or look online to see what the scores were you couldn't watch the games right um and that was just so detrimental to the growth and visibility of women's basketball and the fact that that has changed and it seems like it's just a small change but it's actually a very huge change um fans become fans from watching the games from getting familiar with the names of players getting familiar with teams and you can't do that if you can't watch You know, unless you're there live. So that was such a huge change. And now you're just seeing, you're seeing it pay off. And what has become of that finally um, is what we're seeing the numbers. We're seeing those numbers now.
2: Lindsay Darkangelo, thank you so much for joining us. She's a writer. She's an author. She's an expert on women's college basketball. Go to Twitter. Give her a follow. You'll be in the know. You'll have all the information you need for this season and future down the road. Hope you'll come back and join us again as we kind of get closer to March and, uh, and all the fun that that's going to be.
6: Yeah, for sure. I'm surprised you didn't ask me well, who my final four picks are because I picked them at the beginning of the year and I haven't changed them.
2: <laughs> Still going with the same final four. Give us that final four real
7: quick.
6: Um, UConn, LSU, UCLA, South Carolina. Uh, it probably won't be that because it, you know, things Parag- happen. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to stick with those picks. Um, that, those are my four. And also, it depends like where they are ranked and um, and placed in the bracket. But right, I those four teams are are the ones I feel like just. Still can pull pull that off. Definitely South Carolina for sure.
2: when we get ready to have that tournament announcement, we're going to have you back on, and we'll talk again yes, and see definitely. where those teams are are looking at.
6: Love it. I'm ready. Lizzie, thank you so much.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back with more after we take a quick timeout.
6: How is your car
4: payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as eighty three dollars a month? Look at your car payment closely Call Rate Genius now. 800
3: 425 1161. 800 425 1161. 800 425 1161. That's 800 425 1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness value of the other factors. Do you know
4: someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems
3: hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's
1: 877-927-3380. Okay, guys, before I let you go, can I tell you my, my crazy story from this week? Do you guys mind? Is it okay?
7: Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Ma- go ahead.
1: Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is uh, is in town. Um, you know, he, he, he owns Sedesco that uh, does like the cafeteria stuff. And he was at the Toyota plant, uh, meet and greet. Um, so, you know, my day job, I work in TV, um, escorted our young crew to make sure that magic stopped and talked to him. Right. Went in there. And as, as he walks in, he goes, man, it's been a minute. I haven't seen you in a minute. And this is a true story. So October, 2001, I'm in Springfield, mass and I'm with magic and his wife, cookie, the night before he goes into the Basketball Hall of Fame, right, right there at the at the, at the Civic Center, um, we we'll do a one on one with them. Great time. We have some time to kill before between our interview and he's going to stay and do Larry King Live at nine o'clock Eastern. Um, during that time, I I talk about you know my wife and and we're expecting our first child in a few weeks and we didn't peak. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Fast forward eight months to June two thousand two. I'm in at the Pyramid of Memphis to do the Lennox Lewis Mike Tyson fight. Stand around talking to a couple of people. Magic walks in, sees me, points at me, big grin, walks over, gives me a dab, and he says, "Hey, was it a boy or a girl?" Is that not insane? That's amazing. Eight months later, how many people does he talk to a day? And he remembered that little part.
8: I think that's where he's he's that he's a people person, right? Special, yeah. special with people. That's uh, you know, that, that's what separates him maybe from other some other guys.
7: You know, you can't teach that. And the funny thing is, is people know him for his ability with basketball, but probably his ability to relate to people is actually better than his Hall of Fame talents as a basketball player. Yeah. Oh, there's no
1: question. He's just, and, and what's amazing is that he's always on and never gets tired of being on. He had spent the, he spent the, he began his day in Chicago. Then he's in Kentucky. Right. The town of Georgetown, Kentucky, the Toyota plant there doing business. Then on to New York, I talked to his assistant and I see going back to L.A. He said, no, we're not in L.A. till Sunday. Now, this was back on Tuesday. And and yet he was, you know, and here's what the amazing no entourage. He had his private plane with a crew of three and the one guy with him. There was no entourage. There was no PR person saying what somebody can or can't do. I mean, it was, you know. We got a call from Toyota later saying, hey, we heard that you guys were there. They weren't doing interviews. I said, yeah, not for everybody else, but he did one for me. How's that? (laughs) Membership has its privileges. So there you go. But no, he's a special person. And we looked online. He's worth $1.2 billion. God bless him. 64 years old. One of the all-time great people, um, not just a basketball player. All right. Speaking of great, uh, it's going to be a great time next weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, We've got the Super Bowl, got the Niners and the Chiefs. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on this matchup.
8: Well, you know it's it's really a game that it, it how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I mean the dude just seems to find ways to win, and you know and even though they only scored seventeen points, it just seems like he's always on the right end of the winning you know and I know it's it's almost like Tom Brady and Tom Brady lost a lot of Super Bowls too, but Mahomes is kind of entering that um era now or that level right of that he's just the guy and um and, you know, but I think on the other side, I think San Francisco's got a lot of talent. And, you know, Brock Purdy has something to prove because nobody thinks he's any good. He just just wins games. And so uh, maybe he's the, the going to be really good because I think the, if they get pressure on Mahomes, they can be successful. But, um, man, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm going to go with Kansas City.
7: I have a hard time seeing two things. One, I, I can't go against Mahomes. And two, I thought the Kansas City defensive coordinator ate Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator for Baltimore, alive. And if he can, if that Kansas City defense, which is, is, you know, very highly rated, puts pressure on Purdy, I don't know that the 49ers, even with the weapons they have, are going to be able to score enough points to keep up with Mahomes. Now that probably means you need to go to the, your local uh, I just went and placed
8: a place. bet on the 49ers Mike <laughs> I know <laughs> after hearing that
7: exactly so Pat Mahomes and Taylor Swift will probably be bombarding me with with uh you know anger but I I do I do think it's going to be Kansas City and I think it may be one of those not a not a boring Super Bowl but they win by you know 10 10 12 points yeah well oh, here's uh Chiefs coach Andy Reid talking about defense
9: is it one of the better defenses? Yeah, I'd say it's one of the better defenses uh, that I've that I've been around. I, we had some real good ones in um in Philadelphia uh and some of the early defenses here. I don't want to slight those guys. They they did a nice job for us. So um but but surely this is a this is a team this is a a defense that has helped uh guide this team along as the offense uh, was growing. So um, and uh, now that both are, are playing well, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's a, a tribute to everybody involved, what Steve has done and then what Nag has done on the offensive side of helping it grow, putting ourselves in the right positions to have an opportunity to make a turnover. And then the other side's got to give you that opportunity. So, um, I, I would say though, Todd, that it was great to see. Um, we, we had a chance for another one too uh has got that cast on <laughs> that that's something that's the fact that he's even playing is, is a great thing and making the tackles he's making. i don't know how he does it but um uh, you know he, he had a chance for for another one so um uh, but the, the guys are doing a great job they're doing a great job with their eyes right now and that'll be real important uh, in a couple of weeks here when we play four niners.
8: Yeah, and it's going to be key, right? I mean, if the Chiefs play defense like they did against Baltimore, it's going to be a long day. I mean, they they just really shut down the, the Ravens, uh, like you, like Mike mentioned, and so I, I think defense is going to be key. And, but on the other side, I think San Francisco's defense has to play a lot better, more like they did in the second half half against Detroit. Because boy, they looked pretty good in the second half against Detroit after you look, they just got kind of you know run run down and run over in the first half.
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I I like I said I I think this 49er team is not with the injuries I just don't think they're what they used to be and I think Kansas City just has the weapons and I do think there's a there's that that experience of of how many times they've been there at such a high level. Um not that the 49ers aren't experienced but man the the Mahomes' and company it's getting to be kind of like the Patriots.
1: Yeah, no question. Hey, we've got to leave it there. Uh, time has gone by way too fast, as always. We appreciate all the guests who stopped by, and we appreciate you as well. You know that. You know what I'm going to say. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend Till we meet again. Same place, same time next week. We'll see you.
0: The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular.